This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping off the rest of the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bitch. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get it on the road. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd. And thank you for listening. Welcome back to the October 8th edition of One Nation Live. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Not too much. In the field time, uh, anybody that only listens to the podcast, I suggest that you hop on to the Facebook group and check on my, um, I guess, I, for lack of a better term, like the, it's almost like the Ben Affleck uh, press conference w- when he found out that Alex Rodriguez was going to the Yankees, how he was just hyperventilating. Uh-huh. It's pretty much me hyperventilating about how the state of affairs in Florida State football. Sad thing. It's piss poor. Do better, Jimbo. Yeah, man. So uh, tonight we've got WWE Hell in a Cell. Um, we've got um, we got two Hell in a Cell matches. We've got a WWE title match. We've got Bobby Roode making his pay-per-view debut against Dolph Ziggler. Um, for those of you that didn't catch our full preview podcast um, for that we put out uh, Thursday, uh, we're just going to recap a little bit of that and then talk about a, a couple other things today. We've got... Um, 20 years of Kane. We've got 20 years of the Hell in a Cell match. We've also um, got uh, the NXT uh, brand bringing back War Games. So more WCW stuff that is uh, getting over in 2016 and 17. Uh, as you know, the, yeah. they did Goldberg and then they have Starcade and you know now they got War Games. So uh, I, I think you know we can talk about whatever. What, what more WCW stuff uh, do we need to to uh, bring back? Uh, oh, also, uh, running through big matches on television. You know, that's also a WCW thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, the, uh, ma- the biggest match you potentially have, put it on TV. Yeah. Um, so, uh, WWE Hell in a Cell tonight is, is tonight, James. Uh, you, what, what are you thinking about this card? I've seen some folks say it could be the best, uh, pay-per-view of the year for, for SmackDown. Um, how are you feeling about this? Yeah, I saw um, you and Dave talk briefly about it. Um, you didn't disagree, and I don't really either, because a lot of it with WWE this year has, is if you look at the cards on paper, you say these if things break well, they get out of their own way, um, they let their wrestlers wrestle, they don't piss off the crowd, they can do they can have really 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 uh, entertaining cards, or you can look at you know stretches like the second half of um, the last pay per view. Um, I'm sorry, uh, the first half of uh, actually the first third of last pay per view, the last the last three hours or so of um, of SummerSlam, the beginning, the first two hours, two and a half hours of uh, WrestleMania. They can do. They can put on some really good stuff. Uh, Royal Rumble, another example. They can do some really entertaining stuff, really good stuff. But sometimes they get in their own way with the booking. And you know, you look at, for example, you reference um, pretty much 
every single um, SmackDown pay-per-view aside from um, Elimination Chamber. And even, uh, you know, like we talked about for, you know, ad nauseum almost is uh, Great Balls of Fire where not a single baby face uh, per- <laughs> succeeded the entire night. So unless you mean, unless you want to, of course, count murder. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think the card could be good. It's just, you know, it has the potential. It definitely does. But, you know, they could get in their own way. They could have fuck finishes left and right. So we'll see. Hopefully it's, you know, hopefully this is a step in the right direction and gets SmackDown, you know, on better uh, footing. Yeah, man, uh, because they really uh, need a shot in the dark on there, uh, or excuse me, a shot in the arm on pay-per-view. They have, they've had a up and down year. It's been a year of experimentation and, you know, that's, you know, pretty much personified by uh, the WWE champion of that brand, uh, Jinder Mahal. Um, he's <laughs> he's going to be facing, I wanted to talk about a rumor I heard with, um, you know, with that match. Uh, so they're saying, um, I don't know where it's coming from, but I heard it online somewhere, that they are planning on having Hideo Itami debut to screw Nakamura and pretty much cause him to lose. And if you look at the, the setup, you know, if he's if he loses and then gets moved into another like blood feud, you know they'll they'll get him out of there that way, and then you know Jinder can escape with the championship uh, to whatever they want to do uh, there. Um, I just want to know how they're going to do a feud between uh, Hideo and Tommy and Nakamura, who I hear had old country beef for some reason. Um, but who's going to do all the talking? You know, what is, you know, like, what are they going to do? Is it, it, do you feel like problematic stuff is on the way? <laughs> okay, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but Atami's English is better than Nakamura's, right? I think so. Like, for, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. But from the few things I've seen, it seemed like he, he is better uh, with the language. Um, he says, respect me a lot, like Kaya. Is, Sorry? He says, respect me a lot, like Kaya. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> you going to re- gonna respect me. <laughs> nothing alike, <laughs> Okay, so, I, wow, I can't even. Threw that man off. Okay, so, 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 oh, boy, wow. Okay, so, for me, I, I mean, Sure, cool. I just don't know, you know, I'm trying to figure out how they're going to get around not um, doing any promo work or doing very little promo work to get it over. And, I mean, given what we have with Nakamura and Jinder right now, maybe less is is even better, right? (laughs) And these two guys can probably, like, kick each other really hard and not have to worry about it. You know, they just go ahead and apologize ahead of time and then, you know, just lay it in. Apologize. Look, apologize. They wrestle how they've always wrestled. <laughs> like, like a timing in the ring and be like, look, you know, look how comfortable he was at NXT uh, TakeOver uh, Brooklyn 3 where he's having a match with, with Aleister Black and, like, it looks like like similar. It looks like the dude actually, like, is in a better spot than he had been in the entire time he had been with the company, you know, even before the shoulder injury. So, like, It'd be nice for him to be able to say, you know what? I know how to wrestle. I know how to wrestle again. I just wrestle like I always wrestle, not worry about you know hurting guys that work like that work like Charmin tissue. Yeah. So, 
I mean, I don't know if at this point where, you know, Nakamura is like, bro, you know, I came over here to avoid wrestling like that. You know, <laughs> fuck, you, what the fuck you on right now. But uh, Simon, they could, they could do something really good. Simon had a question. He said, were these two ever even in the same company? I do not believe they were. As you mentioned, uh, Simon, like, because Nakamura yeah. was a long time, like, New Japan legend essentially and uh kenta right yep he was in noah which is like kind of a descendant of uh the all japan group i believe um they yeah it it could be interesting uh if they if they take it that way uh either way i'm rooting for both these guys you know i haven't i haven't you know been the nicest to hideo itami over um his tenure Uh, i i personally like called him a lemon at shows like <laughs> where he was there <laughs> um but if you like look at this guy right like you can see like he's a completely like changed in some ways like kind of a broken guy like he's not the same he doesn't have the same confidence like he's just a regular dude now like when he first showed up it was like yo this dude's like the international superstar he's coming in to kill everybody and then it's just like you know something happened like i don't know what it was it was like he was snake bit with injuries and then you know you have him linked to like finn balor at the same time and then you see balor's success and then you like he kind of gets left behind he's like a genetti in a sense um simon had a oh, comment wow. he was like the story is there for tommy to rep to resent nakamura for being more successful in wwe but neither one can speak english so this is why they need to go ahead and let these boys talk in their language and then just uh transcribe them like you know, and put whatever you want on there as a story. Like, see, I agree with you, but here's the issue: it's WWE, so I'm uh, so I am really, really concerned that, that like they pretty much do like a, a New Japan promo package where they sit down and talk, almost like a UFC package, and they you know they basically talk about you know whatever history they have or, t- or try to get over the storyline by in a sit down interview, and then they put the. Uh, they put the captions up there, but like I'm, I'm it's WWE, so I'm afraid they don't put like like fucking flutes and a coat underneath it oh, as, the back, as the background music. So <laughs> you can't end on nah. a gong, so you can't really trust them, boys. That's true. But, I mean, you can't trust them. But both of these guys do have like like hard rock, like like Hideo's like a hard rock, rock and roll type type of dude, and then Nakamura is like some other shit. So I don't, I'm not sure if they'll do the whole Kodos thing and. You know, land of the rising sun shit, but they, um, you know, oh, sounding like a Wu Tang, like a Wu Tang instrumental disc. <laughs> oh man, whatever, whatever they do, I just hope that they don't like put a voice underneath them or whatever to make them like where they're moving their mouths but not saying nothing. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, the the phone lines are open, folks. So if you want to give us a buzz, um, just call One Nation Radio on Skype. You'll be live on air with us. You can ask us questions or anything. Um, so uh, what else we got at Hell in the Cell? Um, we got Shame and Man, uh, and that can we can actually go into some of these questions that I saw earlier. Um, let's start with Dion. He just I uh, had another question. It was like, should WWE bring back Tough Enough? Sure, why not? I don't care. I don't watch. I've never watched it tough enough, so I don't care. So why not? Sure. I My th- more programming, I don't watch. I, I think sure. they should do it like once, like every like 
two or three years. I don't think it should be a yearly thing because the folks that end up winning it, usually, like, it doesn't work out for them. Like, the guys that were popular on the show, I think, believe Josh is already gone. Sarah Lee's already gone. I could have called that at the time. Um, but wait, wait. we do have the Velveteen Dream, and we do have the Golden Goddess, Mandy Rose. So if you're going to get those two to become stars, I think it was worth it last time. But I think they just just uh, space it out more and uh, make it a big network thing. Make it more interactive. Like, because I enjoyed Tough Enough last time. I was perplexed when, you know, Velveteen Dream went home. But, um, you know. We, we see who's still standing. Shout out to Velveteen Dream. That boy's going to be a goddamn star. You hear me? Like I don't know if you've seen. You need to check out NXT. Uh, it was a, the uh, Alistair Black versus Leo Rush match, right? So uh-huh. we, we think we're about to get this match, right? Now all of a sudden, uh, Velveteen Dream, who's in a feud with Alistair Black, lays out right. Leo Rush before the match happens. So everyone's like furious. Heat on top of heat. So... This man, Velveteen Dream, lays this man out and then goes to the top rope. He hits the best flying elbow drop I've ever seen in my life. Like, he has him square in the middle of the ring. He jumps higher than anyone I've ever seen do it. And then it's just, like, ridiculous. So, the whole... Higher than, like, Kofi or... Yes. Yes. And he's, like, 6'5", too. So, it's like... (laughs) That's that's another thing I was about to ask you. Like, like Patrick standing up... Velveteen Dream, Patrick, whatever you want to call him. Him standing up over Leo Rush, that had to be like the big, like, I look like your daddy. Yes. <laughs> yes. you like, you're 13 years old and you want to pick a fight with your daddy. He's yeah. gigantic and he's tiny. Yep. And then, like, the whole thing with Velveteen Dream is, like, he's telling, he's yelling at Aleister Black, like, you're you going to say my name. You're going to acknowledge me. Like, pretty much like some Muhammad Ali, Ernie Terrell type shit. Like, I'm going to whoop you till you say my name. Like, I'm with it. I, you uh, know, I thought he meant you gonna say my name like like Destiny's Child. <laughs> <laughs> like next Friday or the Friday after next, like you gonna say my name? I am a boy. Like wow, like, I thought it was so ridiculous like that. Nah. I right, never mind that. Nah, like you can't. I mean, look, I don't know if they're going there yet, but like if mm. it, it, you know, I thought they might pull that uh that uh that uptown in Prince where they walk up where they walk up on uh on Velveteen Dream be like, are you gay? <laughs> Yeah, like, and, and, and he's getting all the chance, like, I believe. So, like, he's going to, I think, you know, he's struck on on a gimmick where it can be like a modern gold dust, but you see that dude and you didn't, you, like, you wouldn't have expected this. Like, it's, it's completely different. I don't know if it's a main event gimmick. Like, he may have to try to, like, transition out of it, but he's so young. Like, I think he's going to be a champion one day. Um, How old is he? Uh, he? He can't be any older than 20. He's that young? Yes. Or he was 21. He was 19 during Tough Enough. So he's probably like 21 now. But, um, yeah, uh, Tough Enough every couple years, uh, Dion. Uh, Rant says, what up, Rance? He says, what big bump do you think Shane will take tonight? I jokingly answered all of them. <laughs> huh. Huh. Um, I mean, honestly, you can really tell because, you know, with that maniac, with that maniac, uh, you know, uh, imagination, he could jump off of anything in the building. Like he might jump off the Tron. Right. <laughs> he might like he might jump off the Tron. So who knows? I think I think uh, all all ledges are in play in the building. Like I think. Okay, so for some reason, because they had the concourse, uh, 
like part in the um in their um, in their go home segment. I think that there's going to be something involving like him getting thrown off from like a love, like a you know how they had elevators to take you from like love to 100 level to like 200 to 300. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like there's going to be some, something involved where like he goes off a balcony, he goes off like the balcony by like the escalator and go and and you know falls through something that has crash mats on these like you know where you can't really get a good judge on the the the, uh, the height uh-huh. or whatever because the cell not around. Like I feel like something stupid like that could possibly happen. I think there's going to be, like, like as far as the finish goes, I think it's going to be a situation where Shane literally survives him. Like, they both go through, like, some type of hell, like, ridiculous fall. And then Shane, like, you know, gets an arm on top of him and he beats Owens. And it's like, literally anyone could have won. And, you know, something happens like that. But it's going to be a ridiculous fall. It's going to be, like, 20 feet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah that's a good point through about that. Like, we've seen some of their stupid stuff that uh, Kevin Owens has done where he did the freaking... Where he did the the flip over the over the uh, corner over the into the what double stack table yeah and uh the last man standing match for the, the last man standing match finish at Royal Rumble two years ago against um Ambrose. against Ambrose and then when he fell through the pyramid of chairs that were stacked up against Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble uh this year but yeah he'll do and, and yeah, I think some of like some of the stuff that Sami Zayn has done to him in the in like ladder matches like. He the, bought that uh, life. Not Money in the Bank, but WrestleMania 32. Um, even Money in the... Uh, I think that's Money in the Bank, where he basically puts him and drops, like, he, super, uh, he basically body slams him on his back. Like, the middle of his back is on, like, the corner of the uh, of the ladder. Like, stupid stuff like that. It looks like, you know, you can really get hurt. So, you know, Kevin Owens is about that life. And by about that life, I mean stupid. <laughs> all the way about that life um he is um you know him and shane like i'm, I'm anticipating a, a, a bloody war like someone will bleed like <laughs> so um what else do we have in our in our questions here <clears throat> dion was saying why the lack of hell in a cell matches at hell in a cell um and there was like a little comment thread that broke out, and I think it's pretty interesting uh, because I think Rance like told pretty much some of what I was going to say. He was like, "Well, there is two. I don't really know how many you want there to be." Dion last year said, "said last year there were three. Plus, why isn't the WWE Championship being contested in a cage?" Which I feel like is a fair point. Um, Rance then Rance said, um, "I personally rather not see three because it dilutes the match, and each match would have to be different. But the two they have tonight actually warrant the sell, don't you think?" Um, so we'll spin off of that. Um, I think pretty much like Rance was saying, like, you know, there is, there are two Hell in a Cell matches happening. Um, you could argue, you know, that, you know, Jinder and, and Nakamura could be there, but at the same time, we don't know what they have planned as far as like how they're going to get out of it. Um, you know, if someone's going to come up through the ring, I don't think that exactly like fits Hideo Itami or <laughs> something like that. Uh, <laughs> unless the Undertaker's rising the fuck up out the fire to come get Nakamura or something, right? Um, or Kane. Yeah, or Kane. He could be coming back to rip the uh, cell door off, and we'll get to that later. But, um, yeah, what, what do you think, James? Like, uh, two or three uh, Hell in a Cell matches, which one would you uh, uh, recommend for this card? Okay, so I feel like the, for this card in particular, yeah, I think two's appropriate. I think two's appropriate because you really the story is at the story is there for um, Nakamura and Jinder to have, have a cage match to get away from the interference. Um, 
my thing would be, you know, they've only had one month, um, or this is now their second month of their feud, barely, because I think Nakamura was like, what, what was he, did he become number one contender like two weeks before SummerSlam, or was it three weeks? It was like three weeks before SummerSlam. Okay, never mind, that was appropriate length. So, um, the, the thing is, with me, is like, watching their TV, their feud's not heated. Like, yeah, um, Jinder has said a bunch of ridiculous, racist, problematic stuff to or about him, um, but there's there's not really been much of a. Um, I mean, there's been one beat down, but you know, they're not. It's not. It's not full on blood feud yet. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm okay with that not being um, not having a hell in a cell match. I don't, you know, and also that I'll, you know when you do that, you also. I hope they don't do this, but it also gives them the the opportunity to, you know, put that feud on hold for Survivor Series and then get back to it for the December pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope the guy, I, I, you know, pray to God that shit don't happen. But you know <laughs> what I mean. Uh, so, I think on, but you know, the Usos and New Day absolutely, and Shane versus uh, Owens. I mean, it got there in a hurry. It got they they. I mean. They got there in a hurry, but it's there, and it, it deserves to have a hell of a cell match. Yeah, um, like w- once uh, he started busting up Vince McMahon, and you know, McMahon decided to bleed for it. You know, we knew where this was going, especially how the calendar broke and everything else. Like as soon as you saw, oh, SmackDown's getting a uh, hell in a cell. I'm sure Shane McMahon will be jumping off it again. Yeah. Yeah, well, for me, it was more or less like, oh, once he got, like, once he became the special guest referee and then Owens showed up uh, with the network uh, yep. footage of him scoring Austin at the 98 Rumble, I was like, oh, okay, they're going to have something happen and, and Kevin Owens is going to feel like he got screwed and then they're going to get into it and I don't know how they're going to get there, but then, but you look at the next review and it's hell in a cell and it's like, and you know, and it's like six weeks out. I see what they're going to do here. His I didn't own. know they was going to do. I didn't know they was going to do. You know, uh, you know, work or shoot headbutts on seventy two, seventy three year old men. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I figured that's what we we're going to get, and you know, it ended up being um, more brutal than I thought it even was going to going to be to get here. Yeah, man. Um, so the next question also comes from Deanna, who who is definitely doing his part and helping us out with this here content uh, in this slow October month. Uh, I see Dion and Simon are putting in their half yep, as uh, Bomani likes yep, to putting it. in their half. You know, shouts out to Simon. He was saying last year there, there were three cage matches and only Owens and Rollins was worth a damn. I disagree. I, I think uh, Rusev and, 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 and Reigns was a great, like, or it was a good heavyweight match. Um, and, yeah, that, I like that match was good. That match was good. And then um, not the, great, just flatly. Yeah, good. it was good. Um, the in the women, like I remember, I gave that in the moment. I gave it a five. Like I don't know if I was, what? yeah, because it was it just was so dangerous, and it looked like you know so much was on the line. It felt like the essence of what Hell in a Cell should be, and. From the from the beginning with you know the the theatrics outside the cage to the carryoffs to Sasha attacking the ambulance folks to them having a brutal war you know stuff got messed up in the match but it, it kind of to me it added to it and I I may have overrated it a little bit but I thought the presentation was spectacular when they carried Charlotte to the ring on a literal throne when it, it, bro that was a WrestleMania like feel right there like 
like people can disagree with me on that. That's fine. You know, I'm probably out here on an island with that. But um, I really like we ain't seen the women's uh, division at that level since. Right. That's that's <clears throat> absolutely true. And um, well, it's kind of funny because like then like two or three weeks later, like then like then they have their best match on the main roster after that between between each other. Uh, like then that, that, they were in Charlotte. And uh, Ric Flair came out yeah. because, like, they that, like, you know, Sasha cost, uh, or the Ric Flair cost Sasha the belt at WrestleMania 32, but whatever. Right. Um, Simon says, yeah, Intoxicated but, Rich yeah. written three star matches of fives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good thing, right? So, I remember me and you, I think that might be one of the biggest, art, like, disagreements on, like, a match rating that we've ever had. Uh huh. Um, I remember, thinking, like, that match was good and, like, the whole thing could have been a lot better, but so many things got fucked up that you can't. And they had, and they basically had nowhere else to go if stuff got fucked up. Um, it, it was uh, that, you know, I said it's like a three, three and a half, some, some, somewhere in that range. Remember, you said something like it was over four. I was like, what? Um, I haven't, wa- I haven't watched it. Um, I think I watched it one more time after that, but I didn't watch it. Um, I haven't watched it and replayed it since. Um, but I did think. You know, for three cell matches, they were all pretty good and they're all right. It just, you know, it's hell on the cell. So we all have these gigantic expectations because we saw the first two in our childhood. And those are two of the most memorable matches of our entire wrestling fandom. So those those are what we compare them to. And then you look at other moments like him, at, like Triple H and Sean, Triple H and Undertaker, um, hell, even at this point now, you look back. You can even look back sort of fondly on uh, on Seth versus uh, Rollins because that feud was so. Yeah, I'm sorry, Seth versus Ambrose because that feud was so red hot at the time. And just they, you know, they finished their way out of it. Um, but you know, that sort of you know that sort of is high. Is is a really high bar to reach to have a great. So much Undertaker versus Edge of SummerSlam 2008. Oh yeah, like he's a really high bar to climb. So, um, you know, we're judging. We're not judging in the, in the under the. A lot of people aren't judging it under the uh, the curb of regular old match or regular main event match or specialty match. They're judging it against all of that history. So mm-hmm. it's always going to be hard to. I wonder why yeah, that um, is. I wonder why that yeah, is with with yeah. with this match because we don't always do that in in other gimmick matches. Like we don't we don't compare every single ladder match to to Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. You know, we, I wonder why that is for for the cell match. Um, I think it's because you know how memorable the first ones were. Like the first match. I mean, how many? Is the, is the first Hell in a Cell match any less, like, you know, impactful on the business than the first ladder matches, though? Yeah, they were. Because the yeah. first ladder match happened at WrestleMania. It was a five-star match. It was dangerous, sort of groundbreaking for the time. I understand no right. one, like, went off the top of the cell or anything or right. like that, but... But, but here's another part about it when it, you know, WWE is with their history, right? Which one happened in the middle of a, of a uh, wrestling war? Solid point. So anything that happens during that time that WWE did that was good, WWF did that was good, it gets trumpeted as being the rawest, greatest, most creative shit of all time when, like, you know, you can go back and watch WWF's invasion or DX's invasion in Norfolk of uh, WCW outside the gate. Rather, 
it's rather uninspiring in retrospect. But at the time, <laughs> it, was like, it was cool. At the time, it was entertaining and cool. And, and then they trumped it up. It was like, it was, it was you know, it, it changed the tide. It's like, no, bro, Triple H had not, had not jack shit to do with the tide turning for WWF. It was yeah. all about awesome. three guys. Mr. McMahon, Steve Austin, and The Rock. <laughs> you had those and guys. If, and, if, and if you want to go to fourth, like, it's The Undertaker and the whole Kane situation. If you want to go to fifth, it's like Foley, and then somewhere in sixth or five, it's, it's Triple H. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so I think that's a good place to leave that question, one. Question. Yeah. How many, so another part about it is, how many uh, WWF matches do you remember that got five stars from Milton? I think uh, if I if I can go through it, it was um, the ladder match, it was the Hell in a Cell, it was the Bret Hart Austin submission match, and it was Cena versus Punk. I want to say Money in the Bank. Those are only four, right? Yeah, I think those are only four, unless I'm missing one from someone. If someone can, um, you know, link that in. So I think a lot of that also has to do with like Money in the Bank being around because like they sort of have it's sort of in TLC like it sort of has bastardized. The uh, the ladder match, so like there's only been like there haven't even been like forty uh, Hell in a Cell match. There has there even been thirty five yet? Yeah, the um I want to say like they're gonna go over forty tonight. I want to say okay. no, no, no. I, I think they might be at thirty six if I'm not mistaken. Okay, okay. So like we only have so but so many of them. The thing about how many ladder matches we get like in a year, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like obviously. Like you get two, you get two of money in the bank every year. You might get one at Royal Rumble. Um, you know you're going to get like two or three, or maybe even four over the course of the year on like on a paper at a random pay per view, or, or and also with all the other TV they have and all the weeks between um, pay per views where they have to get on a big match. So like, yeah, it sort of has you know just by it being one being around longer and also there being a lot more of them on a on a, a more frequent basis that you see them, it's kind of been lessened. And, you know, like, I know they tried, the, was it a six-pack challenge that they did with uh, the yeah, one where uh, Undertaker almost tried to murder Rikishi? Yes. That's six or eight people. That, that was six. Yeah, like, that's like the most bodies you've ever seen in Hell of a Cell. Like, we see, like, how many times do we see seven guys in a, in a ladder match every year? All yeah. the time? Like, twice a year at least, just about? Um, Another question from Dion, also doing his part. Uh, he said, would Bailey going heel save her in WWE? Define save. I guess um, save her from you know her whatever she's headed towards now. Sure, I mean they book in general they book their uh, their heels better than their baby faces. So in that sense, yes. As far as save her, meaning like she will not be a geek. I mean the damage is done. No? I mean she is. You can turn her heel all you want to. Like no one's gonna you know. Nobody's gonna think that she can, you know, quote unquote, win the big one or not, you know, or hold on to what she's got. Like her and Sasha Banks have had a lot of damage done to them this year. They, um, the the things that, uh, like I, I link Sami Zayn and Bailey together, right? Because they're largely like, you know, the same. Me too. So 
it would be, I think the most interesting thing about both of them turning would be, what is their music going to sound like now? Because both of those songs are just so happy and so just smiley. And you hear that Sami Zayn music, you know, like Austin said, he'd be like, like, what the fuck is that? And then, you know, you just find yourself rocking with it. And then with Bailey, yeah. it's like, you know, it, it sounds like some old, you know, Dr. Luke or whatever, you know, Max Martin type shit. And then, yeah. Yeah, Al City, Al City, and um, Carla Ray Jepsen. That uh, yes, uh, call me uh, baby. Uh, we're uh, we're here to have a good time or whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. So it, it, it just yeah. it just sounds like good old clean fun. What does that music yeah. sound like? Does Bailey start wearing black leather jackets? Does she start scowling at fans? Does she start like at going for hugs with people and then denying the hugs? Oh man, I can you can just come up with a million things for Bailey to do. Like you know, you can have her rip the uh, tassels off her arms. Like you can have her attack the wacky, waveable, inflatable uh, tube men. You can you can just just turn her into a real shithead. You know. <laughs> okay, so in my mind, like I'm, I'm imagining if they, you know, if she's supposed to be this, this you know, this bright, bubbly, uh, be light or, or or flash of light of of a person, like beam of light of a person, then like either two, either two things can happen. Either a, you can turn her into like, you know, I, I I've been waiting for them to do this with somebody, and I don't think they've really done it. Is like the angle situation where this person seems corny as all hell, so he's that person is going to get booze because they're so corny, right? Yep. So I mean, in a sense, I mean, I guess you could say it's Cena, but you know, they never really did the whole you know cheat thing with Cena. But uh, they could do that with her because obviously it's already there. That's why people have turned on her because they think she's corny. Or two, I mean, it wouldn't take that much. Or two, you go all the way and just basically turn her into, since she's such a um, a shining bright light of, of positivity, then you turn her into the darkness. You basically make her a gothic, a, a goth. Oh, my God. And you bring that page with her? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I don't even think about Paige. Like, I think the thing with Paige is it's there because of, because of, you know, because of her complexion and also in, um, in her hair. Her hair but, color. Like what? 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 Would she be trafficking thing, like, in that could, up, upside know, down star stuff? A, sorry, I said she be trafficking in that upside down star stuff. Well, yeah, that's a part of it because of her look, because the way she looked, and you know how they package that, that stuff up. Yeah. Um, but what I was gonna say about Bailey was, yeah, you could you could do that, have her come out and just dress in all black, basically be um, I don't want to say emo, no, not emo, but basically be uh, pretty much uh. Like, like apathetic to everything. Just like, you know, don't care. Monotone voice. Dead inside. No feel. Like, the only time you see my feelings are from the inside. Like, that sort of thing. Like, and, I think there's you know, another... Or whatever. You can do that. I think there's another direction they could go with it, too. Alright, let's hear it. They can make Bailey sexy. They'd be like, she's grown up. She's out here wearing tight dresses and heels and basically like saying, you know, like, just go the other way with it. Like, she's not on that quote-unquote kid shit no more. So, and, and turn her into like, you know, 
not an Eva Marie type character, but like more just like, yeah, I'm off that shit now. Like, like I, I'm trying to get paid now. I know what I have to do for my image and all this other stuff. Like, um, Simon left a comment. Don't save her. She don't want to be saved. Don't save her. She don't want to be saved. You know, uh, in the words of, <laughs> yeah, no. well, that that's great that we're you know we're talking we're talking about you know women of course, and then we bring up like the lyrics from a super problematic song, and then a remix of another uh, problematic song, and we just put it all together, huh? Yeah, that's that's that's, that's fantastic, Simon. That's, that's <laughs> fantastic. Oh, uh, so question from Rance. He says respectability politics. You gotta love it. Yep, yep. Uh, he's he like. Has a, she has a lot of sex, so therefore she's not worthy. Unbelievable. Um, <clears throat> he says, I know you guys are down on SmackDown, so if you could call up one NXT act, tag teams included, who would it be and how would you book them? <sighs> That's a heavy question. So, um, seeing that I, I read this question a little earlier, I'll go first, James, and then you can you can think about who you might um, want on that. But I already have an idea where I want to go with that. I, I, it's not going to be who you think, though. I think um, there are two options here. Um, obviously, the NXT champion, Drew McIntyre, I think that guy is like a super duper star waiting to happen. Um, his his entrance music, super hard. His entrance, ridiculous. Like his old aura, he's big as hell. He can wrestle. Uh, he has credibility and you know as long as they don't just turn him into a generic dude like when Sheamus was a babyface uh beating the hell out of everyone in 2011 and 2012 um they could do something with that guy like he eventually could be wrestling like either Jinder Mahal or like Roman Reigns or something like that um there's a whole built-in story with Jinder Mahal and um uh uh, Drew McIntyre uh, that they could go right. um they could say you know we we were together back then and you know you know, but one of us changed, and it was like both. Like we went our, you know, separate separate ways, and you know, you could. I hate to say this, you can run that to like, like if we were calling them up like tomorrow, right? Like if they were going to debut uh, Tuesday night, like you could run that into Drew McIntyre, essentially like rolling with him in the beginning, kind of, and but you know unwillingly like not realizing this dude's changed like he's not the same dude you was in 3mb with and i feel like you have to acknowledge that history but at the same time make it dead clear that this is not the same drew mcintyre that it, it was but at the same time mcintyre will find out this is not the same dude you was rolling with and then you know mm -hmm. he's you can run that to where he beats that man essentially for the championship you know depending on where you want to take it you know, you don't have to go all the way to WrestleMania. You could do it at Royal Rumble. You could do it wherever. And then the, uh, like, <clears throat> other option I had thought of was Andrade Cien Almas. Um, and this is this sounds like cheating because those guys are in the NXT title match um, at the next pay-per-view. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> the... I would debut him uh, to, to, in a few with AJ Styles and let those two just go at it with Andrade eventually being the man to take the U.S. title off of him uh, in great matches. And so it doesn't look like AJ really lost anything except the title. Uh, that's That would be the only, uh, you know, those would be the two that I would go with. Okay, so immediately for me is what came to mind was, um, for some reason, Authors of Pain against uh, against Rollins and Ambrose and basically and basically set it up to where it's almost like um, they're basically 
those two guys are basically their Strowmans to to or, or his. Basically, he's like you pretty much have the tag team version of Strowman versus Roman, or whatever. Mm. Except in a tag team setting where two two gigantic uh, leviathans, uh, big brolic gigantic motherfuckers look like you know all the functional strength in the world. Yeah. Versus versus these two these two top guys and these, this clash of big man versus or, or you know normal sized human beings versus gigantic uh, Goliaths. Uh, and I think, I think that could work really well. And then you throw in the Paul Ellering thing, and then you know, worst comes to worst, you can always do Shield versus Author of Pain and Braun Strowman. Right. Like gigantic brawler mother team team gigantic brawler motherfuckers versus the Shield. Um. And I think that would be a nice, you know, a nice spot. I mean, you could also do um, you could have them do New Day after they're you know they're done with the Usos. Um, and that I, I just like the idea for some reason of you know, like the shield, like two shield members going up against like guys that are dressed pretty much like bigger, bigger, badder shield. I, I, yeah. Like the look at that just for me, like it, that's what sticks in my head. But you could also do New Day. <clears throat> that's right. Um, and then if you do New Day, hold on, and then if you do New Day, you can also do it to where like those guys are so dominant. That they basically say we'll take you guys on two on one and have handi- three three against two handicap match, <laughs> and, and just basically get away with it by having like the two guys uh, having the two gigantic dudes no sell a bunch of stuff like they do already in um, their NXT matches anyway. And all this would um, would would require Vince McMahon to actually use dudes from NXT, right? So we wouldn't hold our breath actually on any of that stuff. <laughs> Um, comment from Dellen he was saying I can easily see Drew McIntyre as the face of Smackdown hell he can be the guy in either brand but we know that ain't gonna happen on Raw Um, here's the thing right so I haven't seen McIntyre I think I might have seen McIntyre wrestle one time in that way right and then yeah probably on one of those um, um, what culture uh, pro wrestling uh, shows that they have on YouTube free so for me, the first time I've seen him as, you know, basically the new improved McIntyre Galloway, whatever you want to call him, the new improved Drew, um, was in a in a proper, you know, big big stakes match was uh takeover. And for me, when he came out like with the wet hair, with the leather jacket uh deal with like the uh like the the chain rope hanging off of off the jacket yeah. like he looked like the biggest badass heel. Like if I was to, if I were to, in my wildest imagination, like get the look of what I want my heel to look like in 2017, it would have looked like him coming out of that tunnel. Uh-huh. So, like that's also a play, especially because you know NXT. You you know the style the NXT is like, you know people. You know they respect you know the fact that he went back on the, he went on the road and, and you know and got better, but he could like. Get, get his Roman Reigns on and become a smug or Baron Corbin be a, a smug prick and then it's on as, as, as a guy we were like I will pay to boo this fucker right um, and especially you know if they keep him away from the anti-USA stuff which I think is just it, it, it's a it's ultimately a a career killer for a heel because once you do that like you're always kind of 
it's kind of stuck with you. It's like being tagged as a battle rapper in a sense. Like it's like, yeah, but yo, you're a battle rapper. Like, <laughs> oh, so also so another analogous to that, of course, because you brought a battle rap thing is also would also be like, oh, you're the annual mixtape uh, basketball player, gotcha. right? Right. And but oh, you're the like, let, you're the foreign you, heel. Let's you skip. Let's you skip to my Lou. You ain't gonna make it. Right. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, man. Um. Besides, those are some awesome questions, you guys. I think that would, that actually got us through a, a big portion of the of the uh, show. Uh, I want to talk about. Um, oh. Go ahead. I have uh, something that I, uh, as a quick like uh, a quick uh, what do you call it a uh, interlude. Um, I wanted to drop into the group uh, something that uh, me and you talked about, or something you you, you shared with me last night that I thought was uh, quite interesting. Uh, so I am going to now post uh, what you share with me into the group. Uh, in the meantime, let me see if I can find it. Can you can you uh, lay out for me right now? Can you yeah. for me for a second? Yeah. So um, they uh, the Hell in a Cell match uh, or matches are tonight. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Usos and the New Day. Uh, if you want to talk about final chapters, this is definitely it for uh, those guys. Uh, I saw an interesting, um, you know, thing uh, that could be done with the Usos, and unfortunately, like a lot of the interesting stuff that could happen right now. The guys are on different brands from each other. I think uh, Vince McMahon would kill to have Jinder Mahal in the same brand uh, brand as Roman Reigns right now, personally. And then uh, with the Usos, they should be the ones that are fighting the Shield because they'd be like, "Hey, Roman, whose side are you gonna choose?" So that would lead to mm. some incredible television. And I saw that somewhere. I, I, I don't know who, um, I don't remember who said it. So credit goes to them, uh, for sparking that idea. But I think that would be definitely a, uh, you know, a lot. If you want to talk about storytelling, there you go. Yeah. Do you think any chance, like, re- do you think we're any closer to actually getting like the shield triple threat match? Mm-hmm. Like, like in a in a proper <laughs> setting and not like on battleground or whatever the hell that was last year. Nah. No, no. same here. Same here. Okay. So, uh for those that are following inside of uh the group listening right now from Facebook Live, uh I have put into uh into the comment section a picture that uh Rich took and sent to me um that was about his uh, that was his hairstyle for yesterday, and um, <laughs> I guess the first time I saw it last night, and um, y'all know me, y'all listen to the show, y'all know what it is. We got jokes. So, um, in honor of Rich, you know, being brave enough to uh, send us pictures, knowing ahead of time he was going to get roasted, uh, I have decided to um, to share with you some of the pictures I shared, or some of the uh, jokes that I shared with uh, some of our personal friends. Um, our close personal friends in a uh, Instagram group thread. So, uh, I, I guess in, in honor of I guess in honor of David Letterman, uh, because I saw him the other day. We made I accidentally did top ten. So this is my top ten uh, list of what Rich looked like. <laughs> Rich is an army. Rich is an army jacket and some fingerless gloves away from looking like he's addicted to purse. <laughs> Rich looks like he's Post Malone's third black friend. Damn. Rich looks like that white right. Sorry, Rich looks like what white writers would cast for the role of Dominican thug. <laughs> Rich looks like 
Rich looks like Rich looks like Samurai Black. <laughs> this hurts. Rich. <laughs> Rich, <laughs> Rich looks like uh, what the Puerto Rican looking dude would look like if there was a Coach Carter too. Rich looks like he got burnt and burnt two different bottle girls at work at the same damn club. <laughs> Rich looks like he teaches scammers, other scammers, how to steal identities for a percentage of each lick. <laughs> Rich looks like the no good boyfriend that only lasts for five sec five episodes in a story arc of a TV show before he winds up in jail or in rehab. And it's a valuable <laughs> lesson for for the female protagonist. Oh my gosh. Character development. Growth. Rich looks like he, he's a pair of skinny jeans away from thinking he can beat Chris Brown at dancing. I mean I am I am pretty raw at dancing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm sure. <laughs> Rich looks like he's never used a condom unless the girl first asked him if he had one. <laughs> there, that's the top ten. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Oh my gosh! Absolutely amazing. Uh, I, 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 I love getting roasted. Um, uh, I went ahead and just sent it to them ahead of time because I knew it was coming. Um, so last night the story goes like this. Like, my mom's, like, uh, doing my hair or whatever, right? And then all of a sudden, like, you know, someone's behind you. You don't know what they're doing. But I'm just like, mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, your hair is long as hell. And I was like, what you mean as long as hell? So I turn around, and then I feel like a piece of my hair, and it's, like, so soft. I'm like, what the hell did you do? And then she, what she had done was she flat ironed it or whatever. And that was, like, the first time that had ever, like, I'd ever had something like that. And my, I was like, oh, so this is how Prince used to get his hair like that. Like, you know, he went he went from the big, from the, from the big fro and all that, too. It was real straight and curly and, you know, all that as you know the term goes body or whatever um but yeah i i i said i'm gonna do i'm gonna flat iron the whole uh thing one day and just see how it looks so <laughs> so i'll go ahead and, and uh and post that picture too and uh and y'all can rip on me or whatever it's uh it's all good but um you know what you know what we should do that picture should be cropped out that i sent in the group or whatever you have i know you have the better picture of it that should be for the podcast. That should be the uh, the picture for the podcast. <laughs> for this for, for this edition of One Nation Live. Oh my gosh! Can look at it and they know what it is. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Um, yeah, but I, I I thought it was uh it, it, at the least like I actually had a show last night, so that's why you know I was messing with my hair. And at the very minimum, it it would be like uh, at least like who is that dude wearing that hair like that? If they don't remember anything else, like you know about the songs or whatever, it's like that dude looks different. So you know, um, that's what it was. Black man, why you well, to, to quote yeah to quote uh somebody I know, black man, why you wear your hair like that? Yep. <laughs> So it, it went ahead and proved a point with that. So, um, yeah, man. So uh, the last couple of things I want to talk about. Kane uh, debuted 20 years ago this week or um, in the Hell in a Cell match. What have been your overall impressions of the Kane character throughout the years? And, you know, what has Kane meant as a performer? Um, first battle Hall of Famer, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. 
Yeah. Um, 20 years with the company, one of the longest senior guys ever. Um, I mean, obviously his brother is a little longer, but you know how that is. But uh, <laughs> this is a dude that, um, you know, like you hear about, we were just talking about Hell in the Cell earlier about, you know, the first match and why it was five stars, and that's a huge part of it is the storytelling involved in Kane ripping the doors off the damn handle and um, and being, and you know, going face-to-face with Undertaker and being bigger than Undertaker and um, laying, you know, and laying him out with the, with the uh with the tombstone and also, of course, like the the pyro on the ring post, which is like, you know, still shocking and incredible and like one of the, you know, one of WWE's greatest quote-unquote magic tricks of all time. Um, obviously, you know, he's been around for 20 years. He's been mismanaged over time, of course, because, you know, it, it's wacky. It's wackiness. Um, and he was never pushed as, as, you know, as strongly as his, his quote-unquote brother. But this is a dude that you look at the history of guys that are built like him, his high, his height, his size. He's one of the. He's probably the most agile guy um, with the, mo- the best mobility of anybody, and, and the, obviously the, the longest lasting power of anybody that ever was that that with those dimensions. So, you know, he's a he's a one of a kind type of person. And you, like, re- it's funny that his brother, <clears throat> um, he's also a piece of himself. Uh, you rarely ever saw Kane out of shape. He was always jacked uh, to <laughs> to to the gills. Of, he's lost his mask a couple times, and there have been some periods of of coldness for the Kane character uh, and all that. But I would say, you know, the the majority of Kane, like he's been the ultimate like utility guy. He's he's someone that you would you would wish uh, like someone like Rusev would turn out to be right now, or you know, or Strowman or something like that. Because Kane proved, like, yeah, I can wrestle other big guys and, you know, it be like this clash of titans. But I can also do a thing where I'm a tag team with, like, you know, a guy like X-Pac or Daniel Bryan or Rob Van Dam. Sensing a pattern here. And (laughs) and basically you play off the aura of the Kane character um, to create something new. And I think, you know, with the Team Hell No stuff, uh, and them acknowledging how ridiculous Kane's backstory was, like it's like. Yes, th- I, go ahead. I, I have it. I actually have his. I actually have his anger management monologue in, uh, in my head right now. Do you want me to read it for you? Sure. I believe this is his greatest promo of all. His greatest monologue <laughs> of all time. Well, I grew up locked in a basement, suffering from severe psychological and emotional scarring when my brother set my parents on fire. From there, I shifted around a series of medical institutions until I was grown, at which point I buried my brother alive. Twice. (laughs) (laughs) Since then, I set a couple of people on fire and abducted various co-workers. Oh, and I once electrocuted a man's testicle. Years ago, I had a girlfriend named Katie, but uh, let's just say that that didn't turn out so well. My real father is a guy named Paul Barra, who I recently trapped in a meat locker. I've been buried, divorced, broke up my ex-wife's wedding, and tombstone the priest. And for reasons quite unexplained, I have an unhealthy relationship, uh, unhealthy obsession with torturing Pete Rose. Yes. Boom. Like, that That completely, I mean, one of the greatest things they've ever done was... Uh, as far as a segment, like a series of segments, was uh, anger management. But like that was one of the, like the 
the pinnacle. Like that was just love, just great. Yeah, and he's he's essentially the Michael Myers of WWE. Uh, if you guys, <laughs> Kane always comes back. He's always you know somewhere, and he's he's definitely had his. Uh, he's been involved in his fair share of foolishness, but that kind of comes with the territory, like the embrace the hate feud uh, that he had with Cena. Um, but but Kane, like I like Kane. Like I, I've always liked Kane. I thought he was better than yeah. Undertaker when I was a kid. I'm like, man, let's go, Kane. And Kayfabe was like it took what it took at WrestleMania twenty or sorry WrestleMania fourteen it took what three tombstones to yeah, away? it took three tombstones like but like just the aura of Kane I know like when I got the video games I used to want to pick Kane and just kill people like Kane and you know you used to see yeah. dudes start their matches all of a sudden that you know the lights go out and you hear that organ like you knew what it was like, yeah. and, and for some reason like those dudes were just frozen there like they, they couldn't run yeah. they couldn't do anything Kane just came out there and killed them. Yeah, and I mean, you look at, you know, we talk about it with Braun Strowman. It's like, hopefully, for his sake, he can be the next Kane. And, I mean, right now, the way he's over, looks like he'd be something more than that. But, like, that was the first thought was, like, like after after the things, after, like, the, the first start of the Roman thing started happening, he started to get himself aggressive. like, oh, okay. Like, actually, after that Big Show match, oh, that made him wrong, we're like, oh, okay. He's not completely a stiff yet. Or, or like we thought he was. Like, he actually is getting better. Like, maybe, you know, he could be potentially, like, their next version of Kane. Where, like, and it's funny because now he pretty much is, like, the same man in the Apollo. Anytime there's some whack shit on the screen, he comes out there and snatches dudes like Kane used to. Yeah. Like, they used to do this on purpose. Where, like, you have two geeks in the ring and a match that nobody could possibly give a shit about. And then all of a sudden, Dark, that organ, that fire... One for your life. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and it was funny that you mentioned the Michael Myers thing because that's actually, in fact, like, what they were going for. Like, you look at his mannerisms and everything, like, it's one part Undertaker, one part uh, Michael Myers from Halloween, and shake, and, and shake well. And there you go. And that's in, like, I think that's one of the great testaments to Kane is, like, Undertaker is such a one-of-one figure in the wrestling business. And... There's only and they you know they did the underfaker and all the other shit and they and they have never ever found anybody that was even close to being able to mimic um, any of the Undertaker's uh, idiosyncrasies and mannerisms. So like and and he he was able to do it and he was originally you know a guy that was brought up to, to lose the Bret Hart and be a fake dentist with shitty teeth. Yeah. Woo. So like you know <sighs> like that dude is you know. Like that's out. Like as long as I live, like, like I could be, you know, Alzheimer's and all this stuff, and be drooling out the mouth. And like I will remember Kane as vividly as I remember, like, geez, watching Iverson play. Like, <laughs> like I will always remember. I will always remember that Oregon hand and him and, and, and that pyro and, and him ripping off that door. That, that will always be a great memory. That's one of the greatest like things, like most long term storytelling uh, jobs they've ever done with this company. Yeah, uh, so shouts out to Kane. Um, you know, Kane uh, is now running for uh, mayor of Knox County in Tennessee. Um, so yeah, we might not see Kane around much more, but hopefully we can get uh, one more appearance from from Kane, so uh, everyone can kind of show their uh, give him his gratitude, you know, or put him in the WWE Hall of Fame, however they want to do it. Um, what else uh, is on here? 
looks like we've got compelling radio here. Compelling radio. 20 years since the first Hell in a Cell match. Uh, so the the Hell in a Cell match, as we mentioned, with Kane, uh, this was like they, they kind of made their debut together. And <laughs> they, uh, they, they've kind of been, I don't want to say intertwined, but... Hell in a Cell is like you know forged its own you know thing. It's been it's made careers. It's like changed careers. It's ended them. It's kind of birthed them in a sense. Uh, when you realize like you know how Triple H kind of became the master of Hell in a Cell at one point. Undertaker is always you know considered that his match. And then I'm, I'm interested to see who makes it their match from now on. As you know, we're not going to see those guys going forward as much uh, in those matches, but. Um, the overall thing at Hell in a Cell, I used to think it was the coolest, like, looking match. This is just the most violent. This is dangerous. I like the old Hell in a Cell when it was low to the ring, uh, because it just looked so punishing, and it was just, you know, insane. But, um, what, well, yeah, is it but, also because it looked more unsafe than what we have now? Like, this thing yes. looks more, a lot, even, like, even for such an unforgiving, It looks um, like it's well-reinforced. Like, even... Yeah, this one looks even more sterile than the first one. Right. They um like the other one looked like anything could go wrong at any time and sometimes it did. So <laughs> Yeah. Jesus. You you can ask uh mankind about that. Yeah. Like I, I still I it's still like a shot that like Okay, so when we talk about like the like the Jim Ross call of you know of him going you know through the table or going over the top through the table, but I think we'll get lost in that in that um and you know yelling you know and then you know get to the part where he gets back dropped or whatever and then he goes falls through the the cage and like he's like someone stop the damn match and everything like I think one of the mo- one of the more forgotten like one-liner calls of all time is like after that happens Lawler Lawler just like like just instinctively like almost like he this is almost like he was just speaking like he like thought just basically came out of his head like he wasn't even realizing like he said it into the microphone he was like that's it he's dead yep <laughs> I knew exactly like, where you were going with that he's like that's it he's dead like he like, and it's one of the funniest things ever because it's like you know Lawler is the, one of the kings of uh, the one-liners in the, in the history of w, of wrestling, of yeah. pro wrestling. But, like, that one was just so good. And, like, that was his visual response. Like, oh, my God. Like, that's literally, like, thought bubble time. It is, yeah. It's just great. Like, it's great meaning terrible and horrifying, but great nonetheless. <sighs> yeah. I, I, and I think uh, a large, as, as you mentioned earlier, like, Hell in a Cell kind of lives in the shadow of that. And it wasn't, like, long ago I was saying, like, yo – it needs to just, like, scrap this match, at least on, like, you know, a yearly pay-per-view basis. It needs to be, like, just saved for, like, you know, random occasions. Um, I, I, I don't agree. I don't like, agree it should be a show. Um, I agree. And, you know, they there's only so much folks have done, but I, I think the way they've recalibrated the cell now, there are ways to explore more stuff, as you've seen Champion Man, someone finally fall off of it. Uh, but... They kind of have to find, you know, the new way to to do the Hell in a Cell match now. Like, they can hit each other with a bunch of chairs, but they can't do it in the head, so they can't bleed. It's just not the same. But I think that's an opportunity, like, what Edge was talking about, like, where Vince was like, yo, I'm going to count on you guys to, to, 
have you know to show folks the new way to have the Hell in a Cell match and I, I still think you know every like kind of positive step we take towards it there's like a little bit of the past that's like pulling them back yeah yeah I mean I, I you know I also wonder how much of a deal this is for people that are born like that are like for my like for example my brother uh, Daniel who's 19 like like how much of it is a uh, oh my god he's twenty I'm tripping <laughs> so how like how much of it uh, like does that does that like hold for him as far as like nostalgia like does he only just, like see the clips and like have a you know a general idea of what it was like when I think of like is it more or less like how when I think of uh, when they show Jimmy Superfly Snooker jumping off the cage is it kind of like that or is it like something you know because you know we that have better video cage. or whatever you you have the network you can watch it. Like is it something that, you know, our you know, our the younger fan base, you know, have the five of them that there are, <laughs> if it's something that they actually, uh, you know, does it actually hold like an emotional anything anything of emotional sway other than the nostalgia of the history of of you know what it did for the company and and how like, you know, groundbreaking it was at the time. I wonder. Because I, I can tell you this, like I don't give a damn about Jimmy Snooker jumping off the cage off that eight foot cage. <laughs> so uh you know that is an interesting question so like what do you guys think let us know um but is there anything else you uh want to bring up you know before we get up out of here uh i know one thing <laughs> that i wanted to laugh at you know that came from the fbi over the weekend but um you <laughs> oh I mean, yeah, go ahead. You start it up, and I'll, 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 I'll hop in. I'll tag in. So, with you. Um, so there is something called uh, black identity extremists. So, in short, uh, the FBI has created this designation for folks who subscribe to the theory of, hey, black lives matter, too. And, <laughs> you know, we don't like getting shot, you know. And, and they, they believe that there is some... Uh, there's a threat of increased violence towards law enforcement. Um, and I don't think that's the case at all. <clears throat> it's just a wide brush that was, uh, painted, uh, to, uh, for, for black people they're afraid of as they, as they kind of said in the column or whatever. And, you know, it, if they know anything about like, you know, how black folks get down and Twitter, we're going to embrace this and make a joke of it and clown. Uh, as you, you share with me, there was someone that it was like a, a popular kind of um, like a writer or someone that, that, you know, changed their name to B I E Felicia, like by oh, Felicia. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Feminista Jones, who is a, you know, a, um, somebody I follow and she's like, you know, she's just fantastic. But she basically turned her, uh, her, her, you know, the, there's, you know, there's a, your, your Twitter handle where, you know, you reach you at and contact you. And then there's like, you know, your title name or whatever. And, uh, she changed her title name to BIE Felicia, like by Felicia. It, it, she's just, you know, she's the best. So, <laughs> yeah, um, so, you know, like even me, I even hopped in and I'm one, I'm one that, you know, like I do not, uh, like if you, if you want to talk about, you know, race, politics or whatever that you consider like, uh, something similar to a third world, something approaching a third world topic. Like I will discuss it with you. Fine. Like I obviously have thoughts and opinions, but like I'm not going to do it um, around a group full of people unless, like, I feel like somebody has made like some type of grave, um, problematic mistake that like could possibly offend other people. So 
um, like, I hopped on there and, you know, I was like, FBI, quote unquote, black, uh, <laughs> uh, black identity extremists. And I, you know, I put up the gist of, uh, from, uh, from the Jay-Z story of OJ video where, you know, he goes, I'm not black, I'm OJ. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I put that up there. So like, I'm even, I, even me when my like, stay out of it type of uh, ass is, you know, is even involved in, even, uh, hopped in and, uh, came up with top elbow on it. So, yeah, man, it's, 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 it's um, been a really weird week, a really weird week. Like, we got, you know, people shooting up people for going to, just for going to fucking concerts, and then yeah. we got this. It's, and also, like, everybody's, you know, everybody, uh, not everybody, but, like, I'm really into, like, or even both of us are really into, um, you know, just go on Twitter to see all, all, all the other stuff that's hopping on or whatever, and, like, you see all the like, all of the opinion and op eds on um on like Tanasi Coast's new book and just like and all of them are just like, what? It's it's, it's so it's, it's interesting time or this week was an interesting week. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, we're not we're gonna, not gonna bang y'all too much over the head uh, with that, but um yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh it, you know I'm I'm gonna go ahead and continue spreading this uh, black identity extremism through song and, and everything else. So. <laughs> Oh, you know they gonna have to come get me. Um, but yeah, it, it was like you know they said in the uh, 1960s they basically did the same thing with uh, the Black Panthers uh, with COINTELPRO, and this is the modern equivalent of it. History just keeps repeating itself. Uh, so you know, well, it wasn't even just the Panthers. It was like Marlon, it was like MLK. Yes. It was like pretty much everybody. Like even all the black writers. So like Baldwin was was, on, was in that, or eh, yeah, Baldwin as well. I'm sure Malcolm X. Like you know. It's 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 always. So you think the feds watching like, Tanahasi? Sorry. You think the feds watching Coats? I mean, I don't even know if I mean maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But at the same time, it's like even if they're not, like look, all these people writing these all these army, all these uh like rebuttal pieces to like whatever everything he writes, and they're always like bad. So it's like they're bad, meaning like they're not good at all, under or, or they're like half-assed or like or just ignore stuff that he wrote that like actually like addressed whatever uh the issue that they had or whatever so like don't go i mean so yeah like he's he's on he's i'm sure he's high on the list but i mean i'm sure there are more other people that are you know of uh there are even more people that are like you know people like that like deray mckesson sean king like i'm sure those are like the two top people yeah they uh, want them real bad especially I, I just like to get in the top five thousand one day, you know. I you know, I think we're like around like like five thousand one right now. So <laughs> you know, like we way down on the list, you know, but one day, you know, I like to take, you know, the black identity extremism, you know, you know, to to new heights, if you will. You know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Like like I saw uh I saw um thirteenth just like you did. And you know what I remember? What I quickly remembered after uh, watching that was like, wow, Angela Davis. She took her ass to Cuba uh, for political asylum, and she like, and she didn't come back until recently. She was yeah, a long time, like, forty years. Yeah. Um, so, so keep it up. Yeah, they're gonna, they gonna run you out your own country. 
you know, he's dangerous, you know, uh, you know, one nation radio, you know, we, <laughs> you know, we on the list as they say. Uh, yeah, probably are. Like, you know, I never, I never really thought about it until I think it was either Rance or someone was like, this is like the blackest podcast and like going, I was like, Huh. I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a compliment. I never, I wasn't going for that, but I appreciate the love, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we know we know where we at. You know. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, can we uh, can we like, can we intro out on this on this podcast with like uh, buddy from our CB4 doing I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black and I'm black and I'm black. <laughs> I will download the audio got, and, and put it in there. Black, black, black. Yes. Okay, appreciate it. Just, just the end. Just on the fade out. Yep. So hold on. Let let me pull that up. Uh, if you'll carry me for for a moment. Yeah, man. Let them know. Yeah, so let, like, let, let them know where to find us and all that. So, oh yeah. So uh, obviously, if uh, if you listen to this, um, hopefully you guys are also by now um, added to the um, wrestling square circle or the I'm sorry the wrestling. Is it the Wrestling Square Circle? I don't yep. know they have our own shit. Yep. Yeah, the Wrestling Square Circle group on Facebook. Um, uh, jo- you know, add in and um, and you know, join us in uh, discussing some of the uh, newest developments in wrestling. It's, it's fun stuff. We have a lot of fun, as you can tell by this podcast. Uh, a lot of people that are just funny as us, if not funnier, and just as smart, or if not smarter. Uh, and um, you can check out. Uh, you can also check Rich at Rich Lotta Thirty Two on Twitter. You can find me at James Boyd Eight Seven. Um, and uh, let's see what, what's going on. So also, also uh, of course, you know the uh, I guess uh, the mecca, uh, if you will, the mecca uh, socialsuplex.com. Yep. You can check. You, you can check. You can go to. You can go to the motherland. <laughs> the motherland. You know the home of the mothership. You know. Yeah, you can go to the motherland to uh, to to to. Uh, to Read uh, Brother Jeremy Donovan. <laughs> what up, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, Brother Jeremy Donovan, uh, Donovan, and, uh, and everybody else like Rich, um, uh, who, who also write for the site. Yep. And um, let's see, let's see, affiliates. Who else is affiliated? The, the SMC podcast. Y'all boys are also implicated, you know. Here, uh, you know. Yeah. So I don't know if y'all know what y'all signed up for by getting down with us, but we all on this list together. No. So. <laughs> Look, look, it, you know, it's full life. You know, it's supposed to be place. Full life. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, like, Caleb also is on the list. Like, what the fuck? Like, Caleb's like, wait, I'm a what? You right? say I'm a what? <laughs> I'm a, like, I'm a, I'm a centrist. I have nothing to do. I have nothing to do with them, with them all rabble-rousing over there. Yes. But, yeah, man, we're we going to get out of here on this note. We out of here. Later. Please.